tonight. 2 Corinthians, starting in chapter number 11, we're going to read verse 13 through 15. The Bible says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is to no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I want to preach tonight on the thought of Satan's secrets. Let's pray in the house. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for gathering us here on this Friday night. Thank you for every song and testimony, God, that's been sung and spoken to exalt your name. Lord, I pray for the anointing power of God to flood this house, heal the sick, mend broken hearts, save those that are lost, fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, strengthen your children tonight, God. I pray you anoint this vessel of clay to bring forth the word you've laid on my spirit, and we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house. Satan's secrets. When we read this scripture... Verse number 13, it says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. One thing we have to understand before I get too far into my sermon tonight is the devil has to disguise himself because he cannot be what he really is when he comes knocking on your door, attacking your life, attacking your family, bringing temptations. He cannot be who he really is because if he did, nobody would want anything to do with him. If the enemy truly showed who he was to the world, they would turn away from him in a heartbeat. He has to show us one thing here and another thing there or he would never make any headway if we really knew who he was, so he disguises himself. He seeks to devour. I want you to know, and it's not no secret, he is not your friend. And he's not out for your good. He wants to utterly destroy everyone in this house. Therefore, Satan has to keep secrets. Secret number one. Satan has to keep it a secret that he is out Manned. I want to preach on this part for a minute. He is outmanned. When I read in the Old Testament, Pastor, I read about a servant named Elisha. Elisha was taking a, law, a walk along the walls of Dothan, the Bible says, and he looked out and he saw the Syrian host, Syrian host surround the city. So he ran to one side and he saw the army and he ran to the other side and he saw the army surrounding the city. His worst nightmare had come to pass. We are surrounded. There is no way out. The enemy is going to win this time. About that time, the prophet Elisha shows up and the servant to him says, Master, what shall we do? In essence, he's saying this. He's not asking, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? No, he's saying, how are we going to get out of this one? It looks like we're going to die. Are they going to kill us? Are they going to torture us? What are they going to do to us, master? What's going to happen? The servant lost all hope. Elisha then looks at his servant and he says, 
Number one, we're not going to be afraid. Well, that makes no sense whatsoever. Do you not see what's around us? But Elisha says, first off, we're not going to be afraid because there are more for us than there are against us. And then Elisha says these words, let us pray. And if you would put up the scripture in 2 Kings chapter 6, 6, verse 17, if you have it, Elisha did not pray for fire to come down and consume the army. Elisha didn't pray for the Israelite army to come and rescue them. Elisha began to pray these words. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You see, church, tonight it's easy to see what the devil is doing. It's easy to see what hell is up to. It's easy to see all the situations, all the problems, all that's going wrong. My family's going this. My children are lost. My grandchildren are lost. I don't have the money to do this. Everything is going wrong. It's easy to see that. But as I was praying this evening in the hotel room, the Lord began to speak to me and said, if you would just tell them, open up your eyes open up your eyes in the spirit and you would see there are more for you than there are against you you would see there is a cloud of witnesses surrounding you saying come on you can make it it's easy to see why we can't it's easy to see why i'm not good enough It's easy to see why I can't sing and why I can't preach and why I'll never be this and I'll never do this and I can never do this ministry and I'll never. It's easy to see all those things. It's easy to see that I'm not eloquent in speech and I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't sing like Brother Michael. It's easy to see all these things. But when you open up your eyes and you see what God sees and you see that he's called and that he's chosen. When you see that he wants you to be you and not you to be anybody else. When you see what God sees, everything changes. Hallelujah. Quit letting the devil beat you up. I have never, pastor, seen a church generation that comes defeated to church more than I see now. That they let the enemy beat them up so bad. They let the enemy talk them to their mind so bad. Quit letting him rob you of your victory. Quit letting him silence your worship. Quit letting him take away your dance and your run and your shout. Quit letting him take away your song. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just need to come into the house of God and open up your eyes and realize I am on the winning side. Sorry, I try to usually keep my jacket on the whole time, but I am sweating to death. Number two, second secret from Satan is that he is outgunned. He's outmanned and he's outgunned. Even if when Satan fell, was cast out of heaven, even if he decided to take every angel in heaven, with him instead of just a third pastor he still would not have been more powerful than the one jesus christ 
There was a man in the New Testament. We read about the man at Gadara. This man at Gadara, the Bible said, had a legion of devils, which most people believe was 6,000 demons resided in this man at Gadara. No wonder this man would, no wonder they were afraid of this man. No wonder they said this man would rip his clothes off and chains couldn't bind him and he would break off the chains and the fetters. And no wonder they said this man was a wild man. He had 6,000 demons controlling his life. But then one day, the Bible says a little ship came to the shore of the Gadarenes. And out of that boat stepped one man, fully God and fully man, stepped on the shores of the Gadarenes. And that one man, when his foot hit the shore, the man with 6,000 demons inside of him, when he saw that man named Jesus, he ran to him and began to cry out. Those 6,000 demons could not stop him. Those 6,000 demons that made him rip his clothes off. Those 6,000 demons that caused him to be a wild man. Those 6,000 demons that chains couldn't bind him. When Jesus stepped foot on the shores of the Gadarenes, could not stop him from getting to Jesus. He ran to him and began to cry and worship him. Hear me, I don't care tonight what you're going through. I don't care the situation. I don't care how bad it looks. The devil isn't big enough. Situations aren't bad enough to stop you from getting to the feet of Jesus. 6,000 devils and one Jesus. That one Jesus, hear me, said one word. And those 6,000 devils were immediately evicted from that man. All it takes is one word from one Jesus. And everything in your life can turn around. Hallelujah. All it takes is one Friday night service. Hearing one word from Jesus. And situations change like that. All it takes is one service. One word from Jesus. And cancer dries up. One service. One word from Jesus. And my backslidden children that are lost on a bar stool. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. One service. One word from Jesus. And everything changes. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to be reminded the enemy is outgunned. There's no demonic spirit. There's no demonic power that can stand against one man called Jesus. Hallelujah. What does that tell me? That tells me every lie he tells me, every situation he puts me in, every healing that I may need, every, everything that comes knocking on my door, all I need is one word from Jesus and it can turn around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on. My last point's the longest, so I don't want to keep you here all night. Number three, the third secret of Satan is that he is outsmarted. He's outmanned, he's outgunned, and he is outsmarted. Somewhere along the line, we got the idea that the devil knows everything. That he's all-knowing. 
and he's not. Somewhere along the idea that we got the idea that the devil knows all this stuff about our lives. But that's a lie from the pits of hell. If he would have known, the Bible says. If he would have known, if he was so smart, he would have never crucified our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hate that he had to suffer and die for my sins. But when the devil, hear me, when the devil inspired Judas to betray him. And the devil moved against the religious leaders to turn against him. And when the devil caused Pilate to ignore the warnings of his wife. And caused them to nail my Jesus to a cross. The devil sealed his own fate and didn't even know it. He doomed his own kingdom and he didn't even know it. He lost his own power when he crucified him and he didn't even know it. As the Bible says, if they had known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. And I don't know about you tonight, but I'm thankful. Because if the devil would have known what the situation and attack would have done to my life, he would have never come knocking on my door to begin with. If he would have known that it would have drawn me closer to the Lord. If he'd have known that it would cause me to be more anointed. If he'd have known that it would have strengthened my marriage. If he would have known that it would have strengthened my family. If he'd have known that it turned, bless me more financially than ever before. If he would have known, he would have never come knocking on my door to begin with. But the great thing about him is he doesn't realize what he's doing. If that's not enough to make you want to run around, I don't know what is. He doesn't know what he's doing. Because if he did, he wouldn't come knocking on your door to begin with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, and this is my final point. He's outmanned. He's outgunned. He's outsmarted. And lastly, he is outpowered. It's no secret, but I'm going to remind us. The devil has no real power. He has no real power over a blood-bought child of God. The weakest saint of God in this room has more power than the devil ever thought of. I don't care if you've been saved for 30 years or 30 days. You have more power than every demonic spirit in hell. I don't care if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost when you were 5 and you're 85 now or if you just got baptized last night. You have more power than every demonic spirit that ever would try to come your way. The devil does a good job trying to convince us we aren't as powerful as we are. I don't mean that in a boastful way, but I mean that to let you know there is no devil in hell that can come into your house unless you let him in. I'm going to go away from that. Praise God. The Bible says in James 4 and 7, Submit yourself, therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will do what? He will flee from you. You have the power to tell the devil, get out of my house. Get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my children. Get 
out of my family. Get out of here. We have been patty caking with the devil for far too long. Letting him destroy our children. Letting him destroy our mind. Keeping us out of the will of God. Letting our children do everything. But I've come to let you know tonight, you have the power to step into your house and say, devil, get out of here. You have no authority here. You have no power. Get out of my son. Get out of my daughter. Get out of my grandchildren. Get out of my mom. Get out of my dad. Get out of my mind. Get out of my life. Hallelujah. Hear me tonight. The Bible refers to Satan as Beelzebub, which means the king of the flies, the lord of the flies. So I decided to do a research on flies, which the more you research them, the nastier they are. Flies, number one, flies are extremely disgusting insects. They're actually full of many, many diseases. Number two, they fly very fast. In fact, their wings beat 200 times per second. That's why it's really hard sometimes to kill them with a fly swatter. I don't know if you've ever tried multiple times and you just keep missing and you're like me and you get really frustrated because it keeps coming back. They are so annoying. And when you think it's gone, either it has a brother and sister living with you too, or it just resurrected and came back. Flies are everywhere. I don't care if you live in the poorest house or you live in the White House. Flies go everywhere. But the interesting fact that I found about them is that their lifespan is only about 30 days, and then they die. So if you have a fly in your house that you can't seem to kill, if you just wait about 30 days, it'll be dead. But hear me. I don't, I don't know if you've got it yet, but it's okay. We're getting there. Hear me. Satan, you know, I don't think there's anything in the word that's there by coincidence. And I don't think it's coincidence that he's called Beelzebub. I don't think it's coincidence that that means the Lord of the flies. Because I think the Lord wants us to understand that Satan can't go the distance. He can't defeat a determined saint of God. If you just hold on. He has to leave. Just like a fly, if you can't kill it in 30 days, it's going to die. Sometimes, all you got to do is just hold on and ride it out. Because if you just hold on, you'll look back and say, Man, I don't know how it changed, and I don't know when it changed, but it changed. Why? Because he's the Lord of the flies. And he can't go the distance. He can't make it as long as you stand firm on the word of God and hold on. He can't have your children if you just hold on. He can't have your family if you just hold on. He can't have your health. He can't have your finances if you just hold on. I was praying last night. Pastor, and what I've seen in the spirit, 
and it's no big revelation, but this is what I seen as I was praying last night. Somebody in here just needs to hear these words. You need to grab a hold of the horns of the altar and just hold on. They used to sing a song growing up. I said, I got my hand on the gospel plow. I wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. Put your hand on the plow and hold on. Sometimes all you can do is hold on. Sometimes everything's going wrong and all you can do is get in your prayer closet and hold on. Sometimes all you can do is come into the house of God, grab a hold of the chair and hold on. Hear me, I don't care if you've been holding on for six months, six years, or 16 years. I've come tonight to let you know the Holy Ghost spoke to me to tell somebody in the house, just hold on a little while longer and he will leave. I know, I know it's not deep, but hear me. I was so broken last night just to say, He's no match for your faithfulness. Just hold on. I don't know how bad it is. I don't know what's going on. But all I do know is just hold on. Hallelujah. I want you to look to the person next to you and say, hold on. Hold on. They also used to sing, I made up my mind. I'm going to make it. I don't care if the valley's deep and wide. I don't care if the mountain that I'm about to climb reaches all the way up to the sky. Sometimes, and I know Pastor and Sister Jarvis can relate to this, but while I was praying for my sister to be saved, and I'm not going to go through the testimony because I've already shared it here, but while I was going through the many, many years of my sister being lost, 20 years of her being lost and bound and in and out of jail, and you have a similar testimony with your child, with your son. I just held on. So I want you to hear this tonight. He's outmanned, he's outgunned, he's outsmarted, and he's outpowered. So that lets me know there is absolutely nothing that he can do to you. There is absolutely no temptation, young people, that you can't defeat. There is no sin that you can't overcome. There is no mind battle that you can't cast out. There is no situation. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no backslidden children. There is nothing that you cannot overcome if you just hold on. I am tired. I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love when people get up and testify of how God delivered them and set them free and all this stuff, I think it's wonderful. 
But I love even more, and I don't neglect any of that. I love even more when a saint of God gets up and said, I've been saved for 60 years, and I've just held on. 60 years, and I've never went away. Why? That lets me know that if I just hold on, I can make it. If I just hold on, I can survive. If I just hold on, I can make what God wants me to make. Hallelujah. Let's stand across the house tonight. Sister Jarvis, if you'd come to the piano. Hallelujah. I've come tonight on the first night. If you didn't like it, come back tomorrow. It's completely different. I try to be encouraging the first night so people want to come back the next night. But I came tonight to tell somebody the simple words of just hold on. Hold on. I know it's hard. Hold on. I know you don't understand. Hold on. I don't have all the answers. I can't comprehend it. But all I do know is that if you just hold on, you can make it. All I do know is that if you just hold on to the horns of the altar, no devil in hell can take you out. No situation can defeat you. No situation can take your peace. It can't take your victory. It can't take your joy. If you just hold on. Hallelujah. I don't do this all the time, but if we could bow our heads in this house and close our eyes. As I was praying last night, There's somebody in the house. And if I just came to preach to you, it's okay. But there's somebody in the house that the Lord spoke to me last night to tell them that He said, just hold on. He can't go the distance. If you hold on, you will see Him turn it around. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know the devil's been knocking on your door. But hold on. I know your children are here and there and I know things are going wrong, but if you would just hold on. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if the Lord is speaking to you tonight, I just want you to slip your hand up and put it back down real quick. Thank you for that hand. Just hands across this house. The Holy Ghost wanted me to tell you tonight. If you would grab the horns of the altar and hold on. You can look at me. The annoying thing, as I already stated about flies is that sometimes it feels like they just keep coming back. Especially if you've ever had one in your vehicle. 
You talk about wanting to drive a person insane. You roll down this window and it doesn't fly out. Then you roll down this window and it doesn't fly out. Then you're trying to hit it here and it doesn't. And that's exactly what it seems like the enemy has been doing to your life. Just when you think you knocked him down, he comes back with something else. Just when you think you've got the victory, he comes back to tell you something else. Just when you think you got your joy back and your peace back, another thing comes at your door. And you thought, man, I thought I already defeated this. I thought this situation was over. I thought I killed this temptation. But sometimes, it's, sometimes you just can't get it with that fly swatter. And you just need to hold on. I don't know when and I don't know how, but I know if I hold on, it'll turn around. And what's great is that it will happen on a Friday night service when you don't normally have church and it's out of what you normally do. That just like that, everything can turn around. Hallelujah. So as she sings or somebody comes and sings in this house, if you raised your hand in this house and there was quite a few I want you to find yourself in this altar tonight, whether you stand or whether you kneel.